0: This is Guarding Your Nest Egg podcast.
1: Kristen Charles, alongside the founder of Talon Wealth, Mike Lester, who helps people guard their nest egg. That's a quick summary of who we are, what we do.
0: <laughs> yeah, nest egg, right? Retirement savings, Kristen. Yes. You about that. Okay, yes.
1: And if you have questions about anything Mike talks about today, maybe it's a topic he does not get to regarding your 401k or rollovers, the market changes you might be thinking about with allocations find out more anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. according to the national retail federation's most recent data Mm -hmm. consumers spend an average of nine hundred and sixty seven dollars and 13 cents this time of year on the holidays okay have you taken care of everything on your list
0: i'm very very close so my daughter oldest daughter katie was interested in some specific things, and apparently they're shipping from China. Have you ever ordered anything that actually ships from China? Not
1: person? that I'm aware of, but I'm sure it happens on Amazon every day. Well, I think it does.
0: You can go to Amazon, but then you find out it's shipping from China, and it's supposed to be here at a certain time, and then it seems to get delayed. So I'm a little concerned about those. I think most of it's wrapped up, but I'll tell you, and, and obviously love all of my children equally, but Finn is the youngest, so he's the most excited about Christmas, right? So he's mm-hmm. six years old. So we spend a lot of time talking about Christmas. We do Elf on the Shelf. Um, What's the name that's...
1: of the elf that lives in the Lester house?
0: Jingle is his name.
1: Jingle. Yeah. That's, it depends on the house.
0: Depends on the house, yeah. So his name is Jingle, and that's always interesting in the morning. You know, Did we move Jingle to a new place, or did we forget? What do you mean, you know, did
1: we move Jingle
0: well, moves on his a, own. Well, he, yeah, well, <laughs> okay. all right, sorry, I don't know who's listening, yes, for all of the, uh, uh, but no, just in right. case he doesn't, I, I get the question, you know, where is Jingle? Yeah. And that's a panic, right? At like 6.30 a.m. every morning, where is Jingle? And then um, moving forward, so Finn, though, has a very, very interesting request for Christmas. One is his two front teeth. We've talked about that mm-hmm, before, mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them's about half in. The other is at six. He's decided he wants to be a runner,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: to me is awesome, but also very odd for a six-year-old.
1: Um, he runs nonstop.
0: He runs nonstop, but he literally wants to be a, like a runner, runner. He, he told me so, that, yeah. Yeah, and so on his <laughs> on his list of things he wants for Christmas is like legit running shoes not oh, just like sneakers okay. that a kid would have but the type of running shoes that an adult would have a legit running shorts a running outfit you know <laughs> I want to get him that stuff and then get him like a headband which nobody does anymore just to make him look <laughs> you know more cute you know running back and forth we have a long driveway and he he wants to run back and forth as many times so I, I think a that's driveway. a it's a very interesting request from a six year old and it, it's you know Finn, you could have asked for, like, a skateboard. He wants a running outfit. So that's what it is.
1: <laughs> I love it. There is but I'm
0: going to get him a headband. Just Yeah, he Richard have, Simmons
1: him out, please. Yes. No,
0: that's a different outfit. <laughs> Those little
1: tiny shorts, let's go. Uh,
0: tiny shorts and a tank top. I'm not getting him that. But uh, well, you uh, know, yeah, I will get him a headband just for kicks.
1: One of our mutual friends, Stephen, he is an avid runner. And he made me aware of something because he does marathons and Ironman competitions and stuff. Mm-hmm nipple chafing is a very real thing when you're a runner so you all might this wanna, happens
0: you need tape yeah, yeah. get Finn it's some um, of that in a stocking it's a, it's a, it's, <laughs> a, it's not just running it's an athletic thing <laughs> it's also a diving thing it's mm-hmm. a whole thing I'm yeah, just so. all
1: right just trying to give Finn something to be weirded out about but it wouldn't work he's committed I know the deal <laughs> with that kid once he's in he's in and It makes a lot of sense that he would want to run because a lot of our listeners want to run lately when they see all the financial headlines. It's very confusing because stocks are doing well for a while, then they slipped because we were anticipating, you know, the Fed and interest rates for a few days and then that back and forth. And I don't know what to think. And I know that's what a lot of our listeners are thinking. So what do we do? We listen, we read and we watch. And overall, from what I've been reading, Mike analysts seem pretty optimistic and have not dropped the earnings forecast for 2023. So in your opinion, as a fee-only fiduciary financial advisor who's been helping people for well over two decades, does this mean a recession is not as likely and we don't have to run like Finn, or is a soft landing possible?
0: Well, I mean, uh, you know, from our show, Chris, and we've been doing this a long time, I'm, I'm not afraid to stick my neck out a little bit and say, no, I don't understand why they're saying that. I mean, I would, I, I don't know how we're moving into recession, which I, I believe we've been in for a while, and it's going to be even worse next year. Earnings forecast should come down. It's just simple math if companies are selling less because people are spending less their forecast should come down so i don't agree with analysts just being pretty optimistic about next year i think best case scenario for next year is probably kind of flat in markets granted we deal primarily with people that are retired or pretty close to it so we err on the side of caution our portfolios are actively managed because i don't believe People have retired are close to it, so just be hanging in there all the time. But you know, I think I think it's possible, but just got to be careful. This economy, the Fed has said we're going to slow this economy down. We had some decent numbers when it came to inflation, where mm-hmm. you know, it ticked down again the CPI. That's potentially good, but that also means things are are are, are slowing down. And I don't think we'll, we'll really see, start to see the effect of that probably until maybe the second quarter of next year. It takes some time for this to build in. But if you look at all the money that was pumped into the economy basically all these free dollars through mm-hmm. COVID, it's gonna take some time to, to work itself through. So I just think people need to be very, very careful. If you just wanna stick with the hang in there approach, which means, well, eventually it'll get better. At this point, I, I don't think 2023 is is gonna feel very good um, because as we go into recession, as the economy slows down, the market probably isn't gonna like that very much. Eventually the market will reach What looks like a bottom. In other words, companies are, instead of being overbought or neutral, they'll be oversold. I think that'll be a good time to be more committed to investing in equities or companies that are likely to do well. But most of the people that we're sitting with week after week, if they're not current clients just doing reviews, the majority of the people that come to work with us are going to be people that have been working with another firm. And maybe they just feel like, The advice they were getting, maybe it was hang in there, maybe it wasn't communication, maybe they felt they were paying too much in fees. But the majority of the people that decide to work with us came from another financial firm. Just after that, a close second, Kristen, would be individuals that have never worked with a financial advisor before, right? They're Mm -hmm. they're making that transition into retirement or they're taking a close look at their 401k and saying, Hey, I would be open to getting help with this as long as there's value in that. And I think that's the biggest barrier between people working with a financial advisor. First question would be, well, listen, if I'm paying somebody to manage my money, what am I getting out of it? Is mm-hmm. there a value there? And I think an advisor needs to be able to define that, define how you're benefiting your client. If you can show them a higher average rate of return net of fees, there's an advantage. If you can help them when it comes to questions, allocations, you know, whatever it is, if you're there for them, fine. But if you're just telling them to hang in there all the time, where you're charging them a fee and they're not doing any better than they were doing prior, it really doesn't make sense. And I would say, I think a good barometer would be a phenomenal company like Vanguard. Hmm. Vanguard, it's very easy for people to access Vanguard. There's lots of diversification Mm -hmm. there. They'll be happy to help you set up a diversified portfolio. It'll be very low cost. And frankly, the average rate of return on a Vanguard portfolio, a lot of times is going to outperform A lot of the portfolios that people have out there, maybe with their retirement plan at work or through another financial advisor. So if you use that as your benchmark or a barometer and then go out and say, well, listen, if you can't do better than I can do on Vanguard without having to pay extra fees, there's really no reason to work with you. I would encourage people to do that. And that's one of the things that we do when we sit down and say, listen, let's take a look at where you're at. Let's look at all of your investment options. We don't have salespeople on staff, Kristen. We're not product-oriented. So many times people are trying to sell products. Our view of investment management and being a fiduciary is sitting down, having a conversation, helping you make an informed decision moving forward. And if you feel like we can provide value, you might want to work
1: with us. According to an article from Barron's, cash yields recently hit their highest levels in decades. Cushioning the blow of sky-high inflation and a sliding stock market for many. Mike, do you interpret this to mean that cash should be the king of our portfolio? Because I've heard people say over the years that stocks are the best bet for beating inflation over the long haul. Sure. But is cash king right now?
0: Well, I think there's a lot of money in cash just because of people's uncertainty about markets. Cash is not king, and you're right, long term equities outperform cash but right now if you look at what's going on where where are equities likely to be three months from now or six months from now i mean we think down i think by the end of 2023 we might see an upside but when we think about cash think about your alternatives to cash it would be something like cds that's very visible now if you're driving down the street banks are kind of proud that a cd might be i think i saw one for 4.25 percent right Mm -hmm. the other day maybe a cd is right for you but that's a call that we're getting What I would say is before you move to a CD or when you're looking at cash, look at options that I think are more liquid. CD is a commitment, right? It's a good rate. But if you look at where treasury bills are or treasury bonds are right now, those rates sometimes are as high or higher without a long-term commitment. So it's about understanding all of the investment options that are available to you and making the best decision. But again, don't commit to something that's a long-term commitment if something shorter term is as beneficial. And there are so many people out there. We talked about CDs, Kristen. I'm getting a little tired of all the annuity advertisements, right? That's mm-hmm. a long-term commitment well, to get are a good concerned, rate.
1: concerned, and so that's they're why they're concerned. being advertised, air quote, safety.
0: Right, but the advisors getting commission are pushing an annuity when they should probably push something more liquid that isn't paying a commission, like treasury bills or treasury bonds.
1: Mm. That's a great tip right there to take away as you listen to Guarding Your Nest Egg. And you can gain more of those the more you listen, and by visiting GuardingYourNestEgg.com. That's also a great way to interact with the podcast. It is time to put Mr. Fee-Only Fiduciary Mike Lester on the spot with some Christmas trivia. I mean, who does not love this time of year? I love the opportunity to feel smarter than Mike because that never happens with Mr. Fee-Only Fiduciary over there.
0: (laughs) Depends on what we're talking (laughs) about. I mean, if we're talking 90s country, you know a lot more than I do about that.
1: Valid. I got this information according to Good Housekeeping. I feel like okay. as a Southern woman, they are a Bible of sorts when it comes to certain things. So, mm-hmm. Jingle Bells was originally written as a song for what holiday?
0: <laughs> Kristen, obviously I'm going to assume it's Christmas, but, uh, well, of course. God, you're tr- First of all, it's not fair. I mean, you're literally teeing me up for failure, but go ahead
1: because i feel hit, stupid all the time the on this yeah. show this is my one right. chance let me live
0: all right
1: it was actually written for thanksgiving in 1850 james lord pierpont wrote the song oh yeah
0: that guy i remember him
1: one horse open sleigh for his church's thanksgiving concert then about seven years later it was re-released under the title of jingle bells remains one of the most popular christmas songs hmm. all right that was actually kind
0: of mean was it do you feel better now
1: Yeah, I do. Okay. (laughs) Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer first appeared in 1939 when what department store asked one of its copywriters to create a Christmas story for kids that the store could use as a promotion? Rudolph first appeared in 1939 because what department store had someone illustrate a Christmas story for a promotion?
0: Ah. I would say Macy's, but I feel like they weren't around then, so I want to go, like, back to, like, a Wards or something, like an older store. I don't know. Give me, like...
1: Congratulations. You got that one right. Montgomery Ward. Oh!
0: Oh, Like, I really pulled that one You
1: did. I had the buzzer ready to go. See? I'm... Batten 500 here. All right, I got one more for you. Okay. Santa Claus. He actually had a pretty spooky look until 1931 when what company hired an illustrator to depict the jolly old elf for print ads?
0: What company? I don't know. I I feel like Norman Rockwell made him look better, but I don't know what Mm -hmm. company that would be. Company for print ads. I don't know. Some old drugstore or something is where
1: I'd go with. Sort of kind of not really if you think about how coca-cola started oh as nice. something Coca-Cola, to help people because of the ingredients cheeks. they wanted to sell more coca-cola in 1931 ho, ho, ho. and that's the that? santa claus that we all have in our minds today as a visual so merry christmas and you did pretty good there the montgomery wards i'm very impressed at that well,
0: response. I, i'm not as uh uninformed as you think Kristen. <sighs> <interested> <that. laughs> Join the conversation now at guardingyournesteg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and this station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or advisory services. Be sure to consult with a tax professional before implementing any investment strategy. Florida license number D056341. California license number 0N00828.